You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, Genesis chapter 13. I want to read from verse 14. I want to start something within the short time that we have this morning. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will live a very productive life. And your life will be a testimony to others. It will testify of the goodness of God. And of the grace of God. And of the glory of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So when you are able to think that being productive, being successful... Uh, living a healthy life, that means a life that is um, a blessing to your generation. Uh, when you get to a point where you realize that it's not about personal satisfaction, but about projecting the name of Jesus Christ on I, then it confers more responsibility on you. Praise the Lord. For two things. When you are not fruitful, you cannot be a disciple as you ought to be. A Christian that is failing day and night, a Christian that, that is uh, in debt, a Christian that is full of sickness, might find it hard to be a living testimony to people around you. And then, of course, a Christian that also lives a life that is not according to the word of God, will give an opportunity for the enemies of the Lord to bring down the name of the Lord or to insult or ridicule the name of Christ. So yesterday I told you at Walker Smithing that it becomes necessary that you live your Christian life in such a way that you don't give an So there is the positive side that you achieve so much that your light shines so brightly that men see your good works and they glorify your Father that is in heaven. That's one side of the coin. The other side also is that you avoid things that you can do that can drag your name because now the name of God is connected to your name. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. And one of the reasons why I believe God is setting up this church and there are several other churches that God is raising also is that we have a responsibility and I'm talking about all of you here, to rebuild the image of Christianity in your office or wherever you are. I said yesterday that, make no mistake about this, we can never be right with all the people. Some people have made up their mind permanently. There's nothing the church can do that will ever please them. If you don't talk about it, they are all quiet and they are not talking. When you talk, they really mean it to what you are saying. But you don't bother to say about that. But there are genuine people who are looking for those who will show them the way. And you have to be one of such. When people get to a point where they believe that everybody is corrupt, can you be a living example in your office that it is not true? That kind of evangelism is needed more in this end time now than the sharing of tracts. It's important to go from ourselves to preach. We cannot disobey our Lord and it's necessary. Many will be saved that way. But beyond that, too many Christians have done things. Now, it is obvious when a popular person does something. But what about many unpopular people? Everyday Christians in their different places 
who have rubbish the testimony of Christ by what they do. How many Christians have their neighbors come to settle fights in their houses? How many Christians are as corrupt as every other person in their office? There are many of them in civil service. How many Christian police also collect bribe like others? I get what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. But now, it becomes necessary that you as an individual, you make up your mind. Through me, the name of Christ will be exalted, at least in my field. Because that is where you are sent to. When Jesus said, go into all the world and pray the gospel, he wasn't exactly saying that go to Rome, go to uh, Afghanistan, go to Iraq. That is for some people who are missionary calling. But the word, word there, you can call it ion, one translation, or you use the word cosmos, but Jesus used the word cosmos this time around which means that going to every realm of human existence, which can be that the realm of law, the realm of engineering, the realm of and banking realm, and that is where, so you belong to one of these worlds. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I, I was saying, this is one, one so this, this kind of call is one of the reasons why I am totally against hypergrace message. It de-emphasizes character. And that cannot be a real gospel. Any gospel that makes people feel comfortable doing something wrong, any gospel that tells people to explain away, instead of by the Holy Spirit, he said, they that are in Christ, they are crucified the flesh, it's lost and it's affection. But when the gospel says that, no, it does not matter, you cast off all restraints and it strips you naked. That kind of gospel. Three years ago, I just posted flee sexual immorality. The guy that wrote Hyper Grace sent me a personal message. Why are you teaching the law? And I said, I just quoted your, your I said, Jesus is not your mentor. Paul is your mentor. That's what they say. That only Paul. You know, there are, there are many, many people who need Bible study. Say so only Paul's message. Only Paul understood the gospel. I said, but Jesus said in John 6, 6 3, the words I speak to, they are spirit and they are life. And you want to classify that under Old Testament? Spirit and life. And then I said, secondly, I've also read that Paul himself quoted law how many times? And then Paul quoted Jesus how many times? And you said that then he, he didn't know what to say. But he said, why are you saying that? Uh, uh, when you're talking about fornication, it means that and he went on and on. Of course, he deleted the message. Because I told him that I already to take him up on that one. But why? Why should another pastor be angry that a pastor is? And I said, anyway, since Paul is your mentor, I just quoted Paul. I don't know the kind of Paul you are reading. But the Paul I read in the Bible said, flee youthful lust. The Paul I read in the Bible talked about the fact that we should be disciplined. Talked about that put away lying from you. He didn't say that lying does not matter. I said, so the Paul you are reading is questionable. There must have been two Pauls. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, that, that was the wave that gave back to uh, the idea of young people insulting I was reading uh, what Pastor Deboe said. I actually watched, and uh, one, one, one boy was coming. He said, where is that in the Bible that you should not have a female staff? Somebody told us, somebody, he did not say, redeem, they have a lot of female staff all over. He said, no female personal secretary. Wisdom is profitable to direct. He said, no, the man should, what the Bible talks about is we should discipline ourselves. <laughs> Everybody is a lot to himself in these last days. Abele was telling me, the one that when we were coming this morning, that made me to laugh. The guy said, I've been working with women for five years, and that I don't have a problem. I'll be able to come and learn from a young boy. 
But he had forgotten that he was on social media. Somebody just answered that you only married for two years and sent your wife here. What do we have to learn from you? He never talked again. He didn't know that, you know, you, oh God. And there are many or many unsortable, and people follow. <laughs> Somebody wakes up, he says something, and then everybody, stay with the word of God. Hallelujah. Yeah, social media gives everybody a voice. So anybody can talk. But stay with the word of God. But what concerns you, see, when you hear of issues, that's why I don't like to, don't, don't get involved and start talking. The Bible says that examine yourself. The most important thing about any, any issue is that turn the light on yourself and say to yourself, what do I have to learn from this? People have spoken. Oh, oh, oh. You know, it's not in me to say things. The number one pastor that started speaking against entourage following pastor, pastor is in security. He's very close to somebody that is very close to me. Right now, he's using the six, squad, six mopos everywhere he goes. I can show you over 20 messages preached by this person against cathedral and he's building one now. And they're about to dedicate in a very strong way. So mind who you listen to. And I, I told somebody, am I holding against This is someone I lost, so I'm not holding this against him. I'm just that people can tell you things based on how they are seeing it now. You know the truth. I walk around freely. But you know what? If I see you using security, maybe you need one. What's my business in talking about whether you have security or you don't have? If I feel I don't need one, I don't need one. What we try, we try to bend people to be like us. I meant that you don't even know how people are speaking. Why people are saying what they are saying. I started learning this early in life. I was growing up one day. There were five four square brothers who used to come and do fellowship, house fellowship for hours. I was then, house fellowship. And one of them, after preaching, preaching, was invited to a church in London and went to pray. So when he came back, he shared the testimony. And the following week, the, one, the other one went for visa and they bounced him back. And you know what? He formed a theology out of that. He stood and he said that, those who, are, those who are say that they've gone abroad to preach, Abdi, he said, the people that are here, have they all received the gospel? And it sounded very strong that there are still many unbelievers in Nigeria. Why are you, why are you exporting out what has not saturated here? <laughs> Amen. Are, are, you, are you with me? <laughs> Somehow, when I, when Apostle Seaman came to my brother's church, he was talking about this, the danger of a man of God making a theology, a doctrine, out of a personal stuff. And every pastor must be careful of that. It might have taken you 40 years to have a church of 500. You can build a theology on that. And teach your people that when they see a church growing very fast, something is wrong. Satan is behind it. And consciously, because your people will believe it. And they might find themselves in another city. A church that will be a blessing that they will reject it because you told them that when things don't look your way, it is not of God. Oh, I pray that all preachers all over the world will be like Apostle Paul. Every time he gave his personal opinion, he will say that this is I, not the Lord. We should be able to do that. This is what I think. A man of God is not always right. He is only right when he's following the word of God. Or the spirit speaks through him. So he might like to wear black. He might like to wear blue. He might like to dress in a very, very modest way. And then he might begin to speak against somebody wearing a golden wristwatch. Even among unbelievers, there are unbelievers who will never wear something flashy. It's a personal thing. 
And we don't add that to the gospel. We will hinder the cross. Why we do that? So when God calls any one of you, the first thing you need to do is to try your best to only give people Jesus, not your personal stuff. It is true. Otherwise, a pastor spoke so much, so much for Trump and lost 700 members. A pastor should be wise enough. The bigger your church, the more you should know that people are free to belong to anywhere they belong. Jesus belongs to all of them. <laughs> Whether they are APC or PDP, and that's what I Be very smart to let people make that. Because actually, next to religion, politics is here at the heart of people. Somebody can believe in women's rights and you don't, and you can fight because of that. That's why I don't debate issues. No matter the issue that comes from on Facebook, there will be two sides. Some will say it's like this, some will say it's like this. That's the way the world is. People will be looking at the same thing and they will give different interpretations to it. That's why it's not wise to argue with people. Amen. Till Jesus comes, Buhari, President Buhari, is a Messiah to some. Till Christ comes, he's a devil to some. Some will forever have a problem with him. Why some forever support him? Where do I belong? Nowhere. <laughs> I belong to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are, are you with me? Pastor, what you told me that time of all the young guys. Now, that is not to spite anybody. I thank you. I salute your courage. Pastor, what you told me that time of all the young guys that were on Facebook then during the presidential campaign. He told me before the campaign, he said, mark my word. The ones that you are celebrating in Lagos, he said, mark my word. None of them will have up to 50,000 votes. And that was exactly what happened. He told me since. He said, because people don't understand. They think, and that, that's what they deceive all these young boys also talk. You think Facebook, the whole world is following you. Pastor Boy said, I have more followers, I have more people following me on Facebook than Pastor Deboe, but we know who is who. He said, when we come for convention, maybe we have like 5,000, Pastor Deboe calls for just 5 million people. They think the word is here. So you say something, 10 people are endorsed, like, like, then you feel on top of the word. He said, they are learning from me. <laughs> the one that is looking like, he's just taking coffee in his office, just like. <laughs> and you are carried away by that. I don't say. Amen. No, I'm not that social media is powerful, no doubt. But I'm just saying individuals who just feel that. <laughs> Amen. Watch those who have very huge traffic on their stop. They've done some things in the physical to build up themselves. Christian Ronaldo has one of the ISP, uh, number, highest number of people following him on, on Twitter. Christian Ronaldo. And then maybe Kim Kardashian, some of those people. But you see what they've done over the years before opening an account. So somebody opens an account and, you know, just puts a picture of me in my shade. And then you are, <laughs> you just see the old one is watching you. <laughs> the one is bigger than you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you, are you with me? <laughs> Glory to God. But what I said to you to start with is, is a very important call. Don't, don't uh, get yourself too much into things, but more of just ask yourself that, dear Lord Jesus, let it be, let it be. You see, it's a marathon. It's a long journey. It's a long journey. Every morning when I wake up, okay, most times, I just, I, I'm, I'm just saying it for illustration, not that, most times I spend a lot of long hours praying Saturday night in particular. And I, when I'm true, I usually say to myself that in 40 years' time, will I still be this faithful to the Lord? Honestly, I say with all humility, I find time to pray for all of you every now and then. And at times I ask myself that, will you not become a professional in the future? 
who has learned, you master the art of preaching and pastoring, that you let the Spirit of God out. So you do it now professionally. You come up, you know all the scripture you just quote, or will you still be faithful in 40 years' time and still be praying and asking God for a message every now and then? And because I still have a long way to go, I don't talk about fathers. Yeah. Some people will wake up before they realize that they've said too much. They've said too much. It's not a crime to keep quiet. I'm not saying keep quiet in the face of injustice. No, I'm not talking about the popular issue. No, I'm just saying generally what I've taken from whatever is trending now about one, but what I've said from that one is that every Christian live your life in such a way that, you see, Pastor Rappu said it right. When David slept with Bathsheba and Prophet Nathan came to tell him, he said, you've given an occasion for the enemy of the Lord to talk. And every Christian must make up your mind. Say, among, whenever anything happens, there are those who are truly on the side of justice. But there are those, they've always said to each other, this is their moment. So they are saying things. And saying, I wish that the news should continue. One of the ladies that really hated me when I was in school, and I did nothing, but actually when we're not doing level, she liked it. The first time she saw me, I saw that she had a crush. I saw it, I knew it. But as soon as she found that I was a tongue-speaking Christian, she, I mean, a lecturer, if a lecturer said anything at all against people praying in tongues, she would laugh loud for everybody to hear. She's been on my Facebook since. She doesn't talk on Facebook, but in the last few days, she's been having a, the time of her life. As if the issue should remain. But you see, God said to David, he said, you've given an occasion for the enemy of the Lord to blaspheme. So we, instead of talking about somebody, I look inside that, will my life be in such a way that in the next 40 years, no scandal, I still don't give an opportunity for the enemy of the Lord to blaspheme. He opened the door and one son raped the daughter and one killed another. Just one mistake. Just one mistake. The enemy, you know, he that breaketh an edge. Satan had been waiting outside to just really, really attack David. But all along he was kept outside there. And it's my call to men. May we never be found opening the door for the adversary. Many times, Sin looks smaller. It, the effect of it does not show until a man starts and is moving from one thing to another. I heard a while ago of a pastor that made the girl to abort and the girl died. Honestly speaking, when you meet this man on one-on-one, -on -one, such a loving man, he started with just one sex and then he, after it was true, he began to cry. And then he was hoping that the worst would not happen and the worst did. You know, Satan is a master. People are believing God for fruit of the womb. But in this kind of situation, pregnancy will come. <laughs> and then she announced that she, he just didn't know. And I want to say this to anybody. Once you have made a mistake, the best thing to do is to confess and open up. The power of that sin over you is where you cover it. Honestly speaking. It loses its power the moment you confess. Casey Price's son came up like two years ago. He's the pastor of the church now, Christian Christian Center in California, Los Angeles. I don't, he didn't tell the church, you don't even need to say detail. He didn't tell the church what he did. He just came up on Sunday morning. He didn't even tell his father for the father was there. And he said, I did something a pastor shouldn't have done. And I think I have a problem. I'm stepping down as the pastor of this church. I will submit myself to my father, who is my spiritual leader, for restoration. And when I consider myself fit again, I will come back. Goodbye, church. And everybody started crying. 
Not a single press person carried it after that. It destroyed the power of it by saying it. Those of you like to cover things. That's what I'm saying that covering things shall not prosper. People cover things until it wounds them completely. But no, it is true what Bible said. The words of Jesus Christ is true that there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. If a man strays, there's a possibility of straying. That it has not happened to someone does not make us better than other people. Now, I'm not talking about current. I'm talking to us now. I get what I'm saying. And when you say stray, I'm not saying that somebody... No, I'm, not, I'm just saying that there's husband, a man. Maybe you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're an engineer. It's possible. It shouldn't happen, but it's possible. That something can happen. You can begin to develop something for a lady in your office. The earlier you open up, the better and the faster. No matter to what extent. Maybe you've heard that two or three times. At the time you are hearing a message like this, it's an opportunity to say that let this game end here and I need to confess what I've done. Once you open up, if you are the first person to say it, that is the end of the matter. A church in America, something happened between the pastor and the lady in the church and she didn't know, the pastor didn't know it was set up. You know, there are some, some devils. After the whole thing, the pastor was repenting. She was sending a message to him asking for money. He said, otherwise I will tell the whole church. He gave him first sermon, second one. The wife knew that something was wrong with the husband. I wasn't telling her. And then he was giving his money to the woman, please keep quiet, don't tell anybody, keep quiet, don't tell anybody. After every two months, she would send a message, I'm going to tell the whole church. <laughs> so one day, the pastor got fed up. He broke down in tears and he told his wife. And she was like, dear, when I was praying, I suspected that. I love you, you should have told me. Why wasting your money? Together, they so he said, don't worry, now that I know. So the lady sent a message again that if you don't say, I'm going to tell the old church. I said, no, don't tell the old church. We are going to tell the old church tomorrow. That shocked her. And they stood before the old church and they put up their reason. The church said, they told the letter, said, no, you are not going anywhere. That this is the kind of man we need. You've stripped yourself naked before us. Now, we too, we can be vulnerable. We can confess our sins to you. So they retained him as their pastor. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you get what I've just said? Yes, you are the shining one. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. In your field, when people meet you, something about the orientation of Christianity will change. The Lord said to Abraham, Genesis 13, 14, after Lot has separated from him, lift up now thy eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For the land that thou seest, so thee I will give you. Underline the word, the land that you see. I'm going to dwell more on this second service by the grace of God. What do you see? And how, how big is your capacity? What do you see? Because I'm going to prove to them that God does not help you to see, but he commits himself to what you see. Then it becomes necessary that you enlarge your vision. Mm. So just quote, and I will talk about the second service. The next to it, 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14. When Elisha wanted to die, the king of Israel came and he said, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel. Elijah said, I know your problem. You think the prophet is going something. He said, okay, so let's see what we'll do. He said, take a bow and your arrow. And he said, open your window towards Syria. And Elisha put his hand on the man's hand and they fired the arrow. And then he said, the arrow of God's victory over Syria. When they fired the shots, 
He said, take the bow and eat the ground. The guy hit the ground three times and he stopped. And Elisha got angry. He said, you should have done it six or seven times. He said, you would have had victory. Go to the next verse. Next verse. He smote thrice and stopped. And the man of God was wrought with him and said, Thou should have smitten five or six times. Then hast thou smitten Syrian till thou hast consumed them. Whereas now it shall be, thou shalt smite Syria but three times. Men and brethren, this is a very strong scripture. The first time I read as a young boy, I asked myself, why didn't Elisha tell the guy how many times to hit the ground? But it's not allowed in the school of the spirit. Remember, he said, go borrow vessel, borrow not a few, but I never told him told any number. The prophet didn't say that borrow 30 verses or 40 verses. Your hunger and your capacity, your exposure will determine, no matter if I, if, G, if I call 10 of you out now, and Jesus appears and he puts his hand on 10 of you, in 10 years, all of you will not be at the same level. Is that right? Capacities are not the same. The prophet never, it's not allowed to be told. The prophet never said, hit the ground six times. He prayed over the bow, over the arrow. He said, hit the ground. So he was waiting. We're looking at the guy. He had it three times. The Bible says Elisha was saying that, ah, you just missed something. Why just missed? Why not six times? I'm sure the king would have been like, you should have told me. But no. The same Elisha, when he said, he said borrow best, you don't borrow few. Few will now depend on individuals. So this first place, I God said to Abraham, also, as far as your eyes, why didn't God just say that? I'm going to give you this land from ear to ear, from ear to ear. God, he said, he said, you look. And Abraham looked spiritually. That's what I want to talk about. Victory begins from ability to see something in the spirit. When you see it, the way it will, end, it will land in your palm. It will land on your palm physically. It's mysterious, but the Bible demystifies it. It's there in the Bible. But first of all, you have to see it. What do you see? We don't possess a future that we cannot see. When the spirit shall come, it will show you things to come. It is in its nature. Not to dwell on the past or the present, but to show you things to come. That's what the Bible says, what eyes have not seen. But as God has revealed them to us by the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.9. By the Spirit. It's a spirit of revelation. Whatever you do, everyone understand my voice today. Maybe you're a career person or you run business or whatever. What have you seen the next three years? What do you see? You want God to give you certain things, but do you see it? When Elijah was going to be taken, Elijah was going to be taken to heaven, he told Elijah, you, are, you have asked for something hard. Oh, I, I'm going to use a lot of examples, second service. Sincerely speaking, the amount we pay for where we are moving to and the amount we have spent now, the church has never put together one over fifth of that amount of money at any time in the history of the church. I want to tell you something. If we did not have the vision of that place, we wouldn't have that amount. It is the way it works. I, I said this to challenge everybody. Don't think small. I'll close with a story. When this meeting ends, please, tonight, have a personal retreat and think. Get a paper and a Bible. The Lord is about to expand your vision. Are you getting what I'm saying? The Lord, if you, are, if you take it and you begin to pray, God will show you something that will shake you. People give to vision. Vision will always attract provision. I use Bukwaram as an example. It is true. All those guys fighting, they are billions. No, they have been heavily sponsored. If they did not have that vision, all of them would probably be pushing with barrel or something around. It is true. It shows the power of a vision, whether negative or positively. 
It makes the world to stand for you. Shekha will enter the top 100 most influential people on that two, three, three years ago or so. Shekha. <laughs> it's amazing. Now, that's on the negative side. But what about it? And if the positive people don't come up with every vision, because vacuum is not allowed in this world, negative people will fill it up. Yeah. Darkness is permitted to come as far as light will not reach. If you put up a bulb that is so so number watts, it pushes darkness to the degree of its capacity. So the immediate area around the light will be light, will be bright, but other areas will be dark. If you bring a higher light, it pushes darkness further. Now, if you switch up lights and you use a very small light, like phone light, darkness will close in again. It's as far as if somebody gets something from what I'm saying this morning. Hallelujah. So tonight, I'm going to ask everybody when you get home to pray and ask God to open your eyes. That's what I want to say today. Is someone blessed this morning? I told them the story that uh, Jerry Saviour told us, and I'll close with this. He said that. Thank God for sending people into your life to help you expand your vision. Jerry Saville has a very, one of the best teaching hospitals in Kenya. See, that's one thing about men like that. People in America, because he has jail like Copeland, they say things. Those fathers don't care about what people say. They don't care. They, don't, they, don't, they, they feel they are not answerable to anybody. As they be that they are, they, they, you are not their God and everything, so they don't care. You know that recently I was told that UN actually gave my Madebo a three awards for helping the poor. And she said that no reporter should carry it. On that table, somebody went to office, on that table there are three awards given by UN for charity. And some morons in Nigeria will say, this is bad, no. But Jesus said, your right hand should not know what your left hand is doing. Churches are being tempted now to start advertising what we do. We will answer who is our Lord, the press or Jesus Christ. He said, if men praise you, you have your reward. They will say your church is different. Hey, hey, this church. You know, we fall into that trap before. When we did that, got an empty, I put it on Facebook and the Lord said, well, that's not the way. You are acting out of fear because you want people to say your church is different. Who, who, who is the Lord of the church? I was at Minister's Home and Bishop was talking about what they were doing in China. What they were, he had the same award from UN. He said it. I didn't even bring it to the pulpit. But he said it because he was talking to pastor. He said on a Sunday, they would not announce. Let people keep saying whatever they like. He said they would just know that I keep rising. So I'm not bothered. So when they started talking about 50,000, now they are 300,000. They said, why should I answer? Because there is this thing compelling people. Now, every church now putting out that we are treating people, we are paying people, we are violating what Jesus said. If somebody gets to know by himself that church is fine, but we are not supposed to advertise our charity. Can I advertise our program? Don't advertise. And when you do something as an individual, don't announce. Once you do, people will say you are a good man, but you lose your reward in heaven. Is that right? That's what Jesus taught us. Yeah. Hallelujah. People of the world, they can announce. We are not supposed to announce. Amen. So Jerry Savell said, and I just want to say, <laughs> he was going to Kenya to ask them for land since he wanted to, he wanted to build the hospital. Massive teaching hospital. He has outreach to many African countries. And when he was going, by divine arrangement, or a robot was in town, later a robot, a robot was somewhere around, and a robot, it just happened, a robot was free that day. And somebody said, a robot, will you go away to Kenya? Because Jesus wanted to go and talk with the president and vice president of Kenya. They gave him a time. So he entered his jet, a robot followed him. A robot was much more older than him. He just sat down. He had become evangelical and he had stopped preaching. So he just followed him and he sat down. 
So when they got to the place, the president said he couldn't make the meeting again. So he sent the vice president and senior president and some other people like that to meet with Jerry Savelle. And we learned that you want to build a, a, a very hospital, a, a teacher hospital here. You only need the land. You will do the rest of it. He said, yes. So they met with him. So he asked for a certain number of acres. So they were discussing. Himself, or a robot sat on this side. The vice president, the senior, sat on the other side. As we were talking, he said, no, a robot was. <laughs> he was writing on a face to wear. He would write something on the face to wear. He would wrap it like this and he would throw it inside the trash can. It is the first time. The second time, the vice president was looking at him. Jezebel said, oh, who asked me to bring this baba? I mean, we are talking to the vice president. All you are doing is wrapping something and trashing it. And he was highly embarrassed. And Billy Graham, our robot didn't say, he kept doing that. So after Jezebel was trying to kick you, the star. What are you? They already looking at you. And everybody looking at you. He said, he took the fifth store wrote something on it, wrapped it like this, and threw it inside the and so he now wrote on maybe the sixth one. And I told Jesus that look at it. And Jesus said, Sir, we are talking to Vice President and the Senate. He said, I will look at it later. He said, No, look at it now. He said, I will look at it later. Then the other people kept quiet looking at the two of them. He said, Look at it now. Jesus <laughs> was like, Lord, honestly, nobody can tell me that. He said, This is a mistake. <laughs> that who asked me to bring this man. And at the end of the day, our robot said, read it now. Then he looked at it. And the people quiet, they were looking at them. And he said, I can't make a sense of what is written here. He said, read it, look at it again. He says, I don't know. He said, look at it again. And the argument went on and on, and others were they were looking at them. So finally, our robot said, okay, you know what is there? I wrote my name from behind. He said, honestly, if it was possible to kick the guy. That's what we were, we are talking to. <laughs> and all you are doing it's to be spelling your name backward. It's <laughs> not that his own age catching up with this man or what kind of thing. So he says, sir, are you all right? He said, yes. That I did that because this meeting is too boring. He said, when something is boring, I start writing nonsense. And he said, the vice president head. He said, you know why it's so boring? He said, you are limiting God. How can you be asking for four or five acres? He said, multiply the land we're asking by 10. And Jerry Savelle said, so this time they moved together, they moved backwards together, and he whispered out to Jerry Savelle, said, I can't do that. But the ground just pushing behind. I look at the vice president, said, you know what? He said, you know what? I was writing nonsense. I look at the plan. It's too small. And he said, or a robot does not do small things for God. He said, Mr. Vice President, multiply the land by 10. Vice President sat back, leaned on the senior president, asked Gada, what do you think? They said, please give them what they want. So they got times 10. Our robot said that when they were in the plane coming, he said, I only came to help you to expand your vision. He knew from the plane the capacity of land Jerry was asking for, and he knew that by the spirit he could get times 10 of it. So he said, Son, I followed you not to be your interpreter, just to let you know. Learn to ask God for more and don't cut your quotes very small. What are you asking God for? When you go to an ocean and you carry a cup, and you carry a bucket or you carry a tanker, all of you will come back with water. The ocean will not feel anything. But your vessel determines what you get. Shall we rise? What is your vessel? Unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. When you say this is it, then God says, okay, I will do above all. But a little above what you're asking for. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you for your word. Lift up your hands and just give him praise. Just say, Father, I will not limit you. I will not limit you. I will not limit you. Can somebody pray a simple prayer to the Lord tonight? When I pray, open my eyes to know. Let me see from your own perspective the plans that you have for me so that I don't limit you. Thank you for what you've done in my life, but there are still many more things to be done so that I don't limit you. Glory to your name. Oh, thank you, Father. We worship you. We give you praise. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the teaching of Pastor Shola Oshumakinde. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.